What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio. My name is Sean Alvinito, and I'm your host. And this is going to be episode three of The Tech Perspective. So today's episode is going to be dedicated exclusively to covering my complete review of the Google Pixel 2 XL. So I promised this review would be coming, uh, I think, a couple of days ago. And uh, so here it is. So a couple of uh, caveats to doing an audio-only review of a tech product. So this is my second uh, review of a smartphone on Gadget Reason Radio. And obviously, doing a completely audio-driven review um, isn't without uh, its, its sort of problems or, or some issues you have to overcome. So to supplement all the uh, information that I'm going to talk about in my review, you guys can obviously follow me on um, social media platforms at Gadget Reason, so Instagram and Twitter. I'll be posting a lot of uh, imagery and content that relates to some of the experiences that I talk about in this review. If you're listening via the Anchor app, I'll leave a link in the segments here to my um, Google Photo album that has the full resolution photos that I've taken with my Pixel 2 XL. And if you're listening via the podcast, I will leave a link in the description to the Google Photo album as well as to my social media platforms. So you guys can check that out to kind of uh, give yourself a visual reference to some of the things that I talk about in the review. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump right in with this episode of Tech Perspective and my full and comprehensive review of the Google Pixel 2 XL. All right, so let's start talking about the Pixel 2 XL. So um, if you're into a deep and uh, incredibly elegant unboxing experience, then um, I think you might be a little bit disappointed. The uh, I would say that the Pixel 2 XL is kind of a bare bones unboxing experience. The box itself is actually really well made. It's nice and sturdy. It has a little pedestal style lip around the bottom. So when you pull the lid off, there's kind of a, uh, I would say a three to five centimeter lip that goes all the way around, which matches up with where the lid fits when it's all put together. But other than that, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's just basic cardboard insides. There's no plastic. Um, there's no, uh, I wouldn't say that there's anything really um, worth talking about. And if anything, if you were to compare it to some of the more recent smartphone unboxings I've done, like the Essential phone, um, I would say that uh, if anything, the, the cables are nice and thick that are included with the Pixel 2 XL, but they're not braided cables, which is the extra step that um, Essential went with their phone. Not only were the cables braided, but the ends were um, aluminum and they were chamfered edges on the the power brick. You know, I would say that Essential went the extra step to really create an elegant looking presentation, whereas Google went with more of a typical straightforward approach that's not too uh, dissimilar to what you might get with with an iPhone. Now, getting the unboxing out of the way and getting to the meat of the phone, um, there's really only one place you can start a Pixel 2 XL review, and that is, of course, with the display. Obviously, the display has been getting a lot of discussion um, due to a lot of issues that people were having with the display quality and uh, things like the uh, tilt shift issue where the blue tint creeps in pretty quickly when you're off axis viewing um, and also some burn in problems. So uh, I'm going to start with just the, the tint shift issue when you're viewing off axis. And as I reported in a previous episode here on the show, it's pretty bad. Um especially when you consider the fact that the boot screen is all white and an all white background happens to be something that really accentuates just how obvious and how bad the off-axis blue shift 
uh, creeps in. And basically, uh, it, it's kind of what hits you in the face, you know, as soon as you turned on your new, you know, $700 smartphone, you know, you're, you're faced with this all white screen that has the Google animated logo in the center. And uh, if you're not looking at the phone directly head on, uh, that white background is not even close to being white. So that is an unfortunate um, piece of this whole presentation of, of you know the experience of booting up your your new smartphone for the first time that doesn't uh, that doesn't kick things off on the right foot so uh, if I'm being totally honest you know it's definitely less noticeable as you you know go throughout a day using the phone for typical day-to-day tasks um, it's not as easy to see it right off the bat when you're looking at a photo or a video but it's definitely still there and the color definitely does not look accurate off axis and unfortunately that really sucks now stepping away from the uh the off axis color shifting issue for just a second one other thing that i was actually kind of surprised about is how many apps don't take advantage of the full edge-to-edge display and you know that goes for both google made applications like youtube and and other apps as well now obviously this is the same issue that apple's going to be facing with the iphone 10 when it launches it's going to take some time for app developers to figure out how to format or display their apps on these new displays but what i was surprised about with the pixel 2 xl is that for example a movie in netflix will have the option to fill the entire screen all the way up to the rounded corners so uh, probably a small portion of your video is actually getting cut off by by the rounded edge but to me that looked the best and it gave me that immersive feeling that I was using the most of this display and that I was really getting a large screen experience in a relatively small body size However, when you look at an app like YouTube, the videos are actually cropped on both sides. One side has the crop for the navigation buttons, while the other side has a crop that basically starts right where the curved edge of the display would would kind of start. So they just put a black bar from that point on. And um, yeah, it just seemed very odd. It ended up giving me actually less usable screen space than I would have on a lot of other smartphones that actually had bezels. So to me, that kind of defeats the purpose. Now, one of the other complaints that a lot of people have been talking about is the fact that for an OLED display, the colors seem quite muted or undersaturated. Now, for my personal preferences, I've always hated the oversaturated near neon colors that come out of the Samsung OLED panels. So for me, I actually could really appreciate the the benefits of having an OLED display that does have nice deep dark blacks and all the other benefits that come with OLED but that has a more realistic color tone to it Uh, the reds and the greens and the blues don't have that neon almost uh, just neon glow is kind of what I always felt like you get with a Samsung display so for me I really appreciate the toned down saturation and uh, it it still looks really good to me it still looks like an OLED display Um, and things like HDR still seem to look pretty good I, I think that this phone in particular has not quite made it to the list of phones that are compatible with say the Netflix Dolby Vision or HDR um, movies and videos that are available on Netflix but all in all it looks really really good and I think that um, again the the oversaturation issue that's just a personal preference some people really love the pop and the the neon effect that you get from uh, some OLED displays but for me I'm not really a fan so I actually liked the uh, the way this looked now I also think from the resolution standpoint, I think there's a little bit of overhype and pixel pushing that goes on with the displays of this size. You know, comparing the Pixel 2 XL to the Essential phone and then right beside it, my iPhone 7 Plus, 
I think they all look fantastic in their own way. Uh, they all look great. There's absolutely no way you can convince me that you can see the pixels anymore on the 1080p screen of the iPhone 10 than you can on the Essential Phone or the Pixel 2 XL. So again, that's just my personal preference on, on the whole pixel thing. I think that these pixel densities are plenty high enough even at 1080p for a you know four to six inch screen than, than needs to be. So it's great that they add these extra high resolution displays now, but uh, I just don't think it makes that big of a difference if you see them side by side. Now, talking about the bezels for just a second, the biggest question that I've had about the shift to minimizing bezels on smartphones is how does this really make things better? And the most obvious answer, at least for me, is the fact that it starts with size. So being able to get a much larger usable screen space in the body of a much smaller phone is the best part of a quote unquote bezel-less screen. Unfortunately, the usable space on a lot of these phones ends up being less than expected when you take into account things like navigation buttons or cropping off for something like a notch, like, like on the essential phone. The Essential Phone actually has black bars on both the top and the bottom for those aforementioned navigation buttons for the Android operating system, as well as the notch up at the top. And the Pixel 2 XL suffers much of the same fate. There's a few centimeters of wasted space at the top and bottom when using a lot of apps that amounts to probably about a half an inch total of screen real estate that's not getting used depending on the application. So an application like the messaging app, for example, or the Google Play Store, will pretty much fill up the entire top half of the display going all the way into the rounded corners, whereas the bottom half is always cut off due to the navigation buttons from Android. Now, an application like Google Chrome, though, for example, actually has those bars cut off on the top and the bottom. So um, it, it's, definitely, it, it's definitely something you have to keep in mind when you're thinking about the idea of a bezel-less display, because if I were to put the Pixel 2 XL side-by-side -side with my iPhone 7 Plus, for example, there's definitely more screen real estate actually being used and filled with content on the iPhone 7 Plus. When you look at Apple's upcoming iPhone 10, that device actually still has bezels on the side, albeit they're relatively thin, as well as the top notch to account for. So the one benefit that Apple's gonna have with iOS though is that it doesn't rely on any kind of navigation buttons, so you save some real estate on the bottom half. Now, ultimately, the idea of a bezel-free device recalls memories for a lot of us of popular sci-fi movies and TV shows where people are interacting with these transparent hunks of glass that just transform to display relevant content, um, depending on what the situation or the use needed is. And the truth is, is that we're simply just not there yet in terms of that vision of a truly bezel-less device. So let's move on to talking about the sound quality. Now, some reviewers and customers alike have reported some static sound issues from the speaker in various different scenarios, most notably in recording and playing back audio. I haven't had any of these experiences with my particular device, so I can't really speak to that. But in terms of the rest of the sound quality experience, like listening to music or watching a video or movie, I was actually kind of surprised that the speakers don't sound nearly as loud or rich and full as I expected. One of the things that uh, Google did with the Pixel 2 XL was actually leave just a tiny bit of bezel at the top and bottom 
And they explained that, or at least made it a good excuse for it, by putting in two front-facing speakers. Now, typically, smartphones with front-facing speakers have a much better audio experience when watching something like a movie due to the fact that you get a much wider uh, soundstage. You know, you have that further distance between the speakers, but also the fact that they're front-facing just means that they're going to be a little bit louder and they're sort of aimed directly at your ears. But for whatever reason, the Pixel 2 XL doesn't sound quite as loud or have as much bass as a lot of other uh, phones that I've used that had front-facing speakers. Even the iPhone 7, which incorporates a, a very unique front-facing speaker design underneath the earpiece on one half of the display, is much deeper, much more of a full sound, and gets a lot louder than the Pixel 2 XL. So uh, to be fair, you know, Apple does do an amazing job when it comes to creating that kind of tech and making the most of sound quality in a small space. They've done that with the their most recent iPads and um, they've even done it with their laptops in the past. So, um, you know, that's a pretty high bar to reach in, in trying to achieve something that sounds as clear and distortion free at loud volumes as the iPhone. But uh, it's worth mentioning that the Pixel 2 XL um, just doesn't quite hit that mark, though it does sound better than the average smartphone. So that's definitely something worth noting. So yeah, it, the, the, the Pixel 2 XL, the speakers sound pretty good. They sound better than average, but uh, I would have expected them to be just a little bit more full sounding considering that they look rather large. At least the cutouts on the front side are pretty big. So that's my thoughts on the sound quality. Um, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, everybody's going to have their own opinion on you know, what their expectations for those speakers were. But for me, I was just a little bit underwhelmed. So let's talk about the design uh, from a hardware perspective. You know, a lot has been said about the design of the Pixel 2 XL, just, just like any other smartphone that gets released. There's a lot of various uh, and varying opinions about the hardware itself. Some people like certain things and some people have different tastes. So you're not always gonna get a 100% agreement about the design of any new smartphone. But one of the things that's been talked about quite a bit with the Pixel 2 XL is the fact that although the phone is actually made of aluminum and glass, they do wrap the bottom half of the back in a textured sort of, uh, I guess, a paint or coating that's some type of plastic. And to some people, this leaves the phone feeling a little bit cheap and makes it feel like it's actually made of plastic when in fact it's made of aluminum. Now, for me, I think that it has two benefits. Number one, the grippy texture actually feels nice and it makes the phone not have that same level of slippery sort of it's gonna jump right out of your hand at every turn feel that you get with a lot of aluminum or glass backed phones. And it also saves on the whole fingerprint magnet thing. So that's a plus there. I also just think it looks kinda cool with the two-tone. You've got the shiny top half that's made of glass uh, contrasted with the sort of flat matte finished black on the bottom. It's a cool look. Um, overall, the design of the Pixel 2 XL feels super high-end, super premium. Uh, it definitely feels good in the hand, and the fingerprint sensor is in a great spot, right where it should be, right where your index finger would naturally be resting in most cases anyway. Now, the camera bump is there, but it's definitely smaller than, say, something like the iPhone 10, and I kind of... Uh, you know, the camera bump thing doesn't really bother me. Yeah, I guess I can see how some people are annoyed when you try to press on your phone um, when it's flat on a table, but a lot of people are gonna put it in a case anyway, which will kind of even things out, but um, the camera bump's relatively small. It's kind of something that I just forget about pretty quickly. Now, the Pixel 2 XL feels 
every bit the part of a well-made premium flagship device that's you know right at home with the top devices from Apple and Samsung. And uh, if you're if you're worried or concerned about build quality, I definitely would put that to rest. It, it definitely does not feel cheap, and it definitely feels like a top-tier flagship phone. Now, another feature about the hardware that's been given a lot of attention is the squeeze to access Google Assistant feature. And while this might seem like a gimmick at first, uh, similar to a lot of the things that Samsung has tried to throw into their phones, I definitely think that uh, it's the fastest and easiest way to access the Google Assistant function that I've ever used on any smartphone. I actually found myself using Google Assistant more frequently than I normally would just because it's so easy to pull the phone out and kind of squeeze it with my pinky and thumb finger at the bottom half of the phone anytime I wanted to bring up Google Assistant. I personally am still not a huge fan of saying things like, okay, Google, or hey, Siri, when I'm at the grocery store or anywhere in public. It can be a little bit weird, and people always turn to look at you like you're crazy. So for me personally, I much prefer being able to just squeeze the phone and then ask whatever I want to ask from Google Assistant. Speaking of Google Assistant, you know, uh, I wanted to mention just for a second that Google Assistant itself has continued to evolve and feels more and more useful with every update. The list of tasks that can be performed or the context-aware responses that she gives and the more natural cadence of her voice all continue to be basically the bar with which all other virtual assistants should be measured, at least, you know, from my opinion, and that includes Siri. Um, you know, Siri actually seems like it's taken a step back where it sounds a little bit more robotic than it has in the past, and Google Assistant seems to be going the other direction. It sounds more and more natural, more and more smooth every, with every update, and uh, the, there's just an enormous amount of different things that you can use Google Assistant for to interact with not only your phone, but other things around your house if you have any kind of smart home or, uh, you know, any, anything at all that, that is, you know, internet connected. So, um, yeah, Siri has some catching up to do, I think. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Siri continues to evolve to try and compete with all the things that Google's doing with Google Assistant. So moving on to the performance of the Pixel 2 XL. So right out of the box, I mean, the first thing you can say about the Pixel 2 XL is that it's a solid performer and it's exactly what you'd expect from a late 2017 flagship. You know, um, I did have a few glitches and crashes with launching certain apps. Uh, the Anchor app, for example, didn't want to work for the first few hours that I set up the phone. Uh, a couple of reboots fixed that. Netflix and Spotify had a few initial glitches as well, um, but they all kind of seemed to work themselves out once all the updates and the initial um, software downloads were completed and, and I rebooted once or twice. Um, I did have some odd audio glitches that caused the volume to go up to full and then kind of get stuck there. And it was in this really weird distorted sound. I mean, it didn't even sound the same way it would if I had actually turned the volume all the way up. It was very strange. And I don't really know what caused it, but it never repeated. So take that for what it's worth. Now, software wise, you know, it's an Android lover's dream. There's nothing else you can say. It, it really feels like the pinnacle of the Android evolution. Google has implemented the best of its technologies like AI, machine learning, and the evolution of Google Assistant to create this really great user experience. And if you've been a longtime user of Android, you've probably gone through a lot of the growing pains. I know uh, I've had a love-hate relationship with Android for years. And, um, you know, for the most part, they really did um, continue to evolve and, and deliver on a lot of the promises that they made when Android was first announced. And we're at the point now where, you know, Android is an incredibly useful, functional, and in many ways superior operating system to just about anything else you can get on a smartphone. Now, that being said, there's not, uh, there's not 
any OS that's completely perfect for everybody's needs. And depending on what side of the fence you land on, whether you're deeply embedded in Google services and products, or you're deeply embedded in uh, you know iCloud and a lot of the services that Apple offers, that's going to play a big role into whether or not you'd even be considering something like the Pixel 2 XL in the first place. But with that being said, I think from a performance standpoint, most of the nagging issues with Android uh, have pretty much been ironed out. And when we're dealing with hardware at this level, meaning you know processors and RAM amounts and, and GPUs that can provide more than enough power to make Android run smoothly, a lot of the issues that we've had in the past have long since disappeared. So from a performance perspective, uh, I, would, I would give it probably an eight or nine out of 10. It's a solid performer and uh, it's everything you'd expect from you know a 2017 top tier flagship device. Now we get to the good stuff. After all, a phone with a name like Pixel obviously has to have a strong focus on the camera. And the original Pixel phones were basically setting the bar for what you could get with a smartphone camera. And uh, many tech reviewers considered the Pixel and the Pixel XL to be the two best smartphone cameras you could get from last year's smartphone Roundup. Now, the camera on the Pixel 2 XL is incredible. Period. It's amazing. It's fantastic. It's it's simply uh, it's simply one of the best cameras that you can use. Period. Whether that's smartphone or otherwise. Now, as smartphone camera tech continues to improve, we've all come to use them for a lot more than you know basically any other camera we own. You know, as someone who's used just about every smartphone camera over the past 10 years, I think I have a pretty good sample size for assessing the performance of any of these little tiny lenses and sensors that we have in our pockets all the time. Now, the Pixel 2 XL has the best smartphone camera I have ever used, period. I've had every variation of the iPhone. I've had pretty much every major smartphone from every Android manufacturer in the past decade and i can honestly tell you that the pixel 2 xl takes the best most consistent photos of any smartphone i've ever used consistently one photo after another was sharp had great dynamic range had good color accuracy you know had excellent detail and low light performance was good shadow detail was good it's just that good it's a excellent perfect near perfect camera it's it's really good now the newest features of the camera rely heavily on the software and Google's use of machine learning and AI for the image processing. Now, obviously, there's no doubt that the new lens that they're using, which is an f1.8, uh, is definitely an improvement over last year's f2.0. It's going to let in more light. It's going to be a little bit faster at capturing those low light images. It's, it's really a step up. Now there's also the optical image stabilization, which is now paired with the software stabilizing that uh, is used in the software side of things. That's also helpful for low light to eliminate any kind of blurriness you might get with a little hand wiggle at a slower shutter speed. But the real magic, hands down, is the software that runs the show. Google has done an incredible job with both making the Pixel 2 XL's camera software simple and easy to use, with also adding in deeper features and a lot of things to compete with a lot of the other flagship smartphones that are out there. Google was even able to get a 3D depth mapping camera sensor to work with a single lens as opposed to the dual lens setup that most other manufacturers, including Apple, have had to rely on to get that bokeh DSLR effect. Now, what's even more surprising is the fact that the results on the Pixel 2 
2XL's shallow depth of field bokeh effect are consistently better than what I had with anything I've achieved from the iPhone 7 or 8 Plus. That's a really big achievement when you consider the fact that one of the things that Apple prides itself on is being the developer of both the software and the hardware, and that cohesiveness usually creates the best possible results. The thing about Apple's portrait mode is that it often requires multiple attempts and, you know, a little bit of playing around to get a, an effect that looks really good and really believable. With the portrait mode on the Pixel 2 XL, I was able to just pull it out and instantly snap numerous photos that all had a realistic and believable bokeh effect. And it did an incredible job at sort of masking out the blur effect around something even complicated like hair. And uh, I was really blown away with how good it is. And the fact that you can do this even with the front facing camera for selfies was pretty impressive. And so all I can say is that Google has done an incredible job with the software. So when it comes to the camera, the biggest takeaway from the Pixel 2 XL is that it works very, very well with minimal effort or input from the user. So pull out your phone, double tap the power button, snap away a bunch of photos, and off you go. It's just pretty much excellent photos every time. So if you're looking for a smartphone solely based on cameras or photography, or if that is a really high priority for you, and it's high on your checklist of things that you want from a top tier smartphone or from your next smartphone, then you definitely have to consider putting the Pixel 2 XL at the top of your list for sure. So to wrap up the review of the Pixel 2 XL, um, you know, as far as experiences go, the Pixel 2 XL is really, really good, but it's not perfect. Android still has more issues in day-to-day -day use than you're likely to experience on a typical day with iOS. You know, random app freezes, force closes, and the need to occasionally reboot to kind of reset things and get things running smoothly again are still more common than they should be. You know, part of this, of course, is due to the fact that the large number of manufacturers and variation in devices that the OS has to support is, you know, definitely something that plays into a lot of these little glitches and bugs. But the thing that I was more surprised about with the Pixel 2 XL, though, is that this is obviously a quote unquote made by Google product. And I would have thought that Google would have been able to refine the experience and uh, sort of tweak and perfect it for a device that they made in-house, but it just seems that the complexities of building and designing an OS that's designed to accommodate so many different devices and getting it to run perfectly on all of them is just more difficult due to the sheer nature of that platform. So, you know, while the experience was definitely nothing that I would call broken or frustrating even, uh, there's just little things that you notice in the course of using a phone. And, uh, you know, when you compare it to some some other devices, like an iPhone, for example, and you kind of get to notice that there's just things that you, you have to deal with that you normally wouldn't really give a second thought to. All things considered, though, this is the best Android phone I have ever used. And I would say it could easily compete for the best smartphone of the year, and it would be well-deserved if it got it. Now, I could easily recommend this device to anyone who puts a priority on photography or video, um, and to anyone looking for a top-tier Android device specifically. The screen is disappointing. There's no way around it. It could be better. I would have preferred that they had really nailed down the OLED display, you know, and, and at least had it on par with something that Samsung might put out. But you definitely can get over it in day-to-day -day use, and its shortcomings are certainly overshadowed by the rest of the Pixel 2's outstanding features and the incredible camera performance. So at the end of the day, would I recommend the Pixel 2 XL? Absolutely, hands down, I could recommend it to 
80% of the people out there without giving it a second thought. Now, obviously, whether or not you're in the market for a new Android device or whether or not you are someone who places a higher priority on something like camera and other features over the display is going to play a big role in why you're choosing this device. Now, if you're buying this phone exclusively for being able to watch movies and uh, other kinds of content like photos, uh, to, to view photos on your phone, then I would say you have to at least consider and take into account the, the shortcomings of the display. But all in all, it's a great phone. I could highly recommend it to most people. And if you're in the market for a new flagship phone, I would definitely give the Pixel 2 XL a second look.